This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business. My name is James Gobert, and I am the founder and creative director for a company called Republic. Uh, and we are, I guess, kind of positioning ourselves as the world's first uh, fully virtual fashion brand. What I love about innovation is we don't know what's next. I think if you were to ask me 18 months ago, what is an NFT? I would probably not have had a clue. Uh, so I think for me, innovation is all about, I guess, a kind of a, a learning development, personal learning, personal development and growth opportunity for everyone. And super excited about, about what's in store. From New York City, you're listening to Fashion Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the fashion industry. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Fashion Is Your Business. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako. So happy you're here. Thanks for joining. And uh, also joining us, a surprise guest host. You've heard him before on the show. He's a good friend, and he is a, a well-known uh, online retail expert. It is Mr. Elon Tito. Elon, welcome back to the show. Good to see you, my friend. Great to see you and be back. Thanks. I have to tell you, I actually, in full disclosure, pulling back the curtain, I actually only asked Elon yesterday if he was somehow in a position to join, and I was genuinely shocked he was able to make a hole in his schedule to do this on such short notice. I don't know what anomaly has happened for you to have a hole in your schedule on this, Elon. You are a busy guy, but I'm so happy that you're here because this is going to be a really cool conversation. Yeah, looking forward to it. Uh, without uh, delaying uh, bringing our guest into the show, I just want to ask you, Elon, I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you and the family doing given the events in the world? Thank you. On a relative basis, cannot complain. I appreciate it. Good. I'm happy to hear that. Good. Uh, all right. Well, let's welcome to the show uh, James uh, Gober. Uh, James, uh, very happy to have you on the show. I have uh, been talking about digital fashion for a while here and there, uh, not as a thought leader, just as like a, a thing of interest that I see. I, I've been anticipating coming along with many people and to be able to have this like real life conversation with you. Uh, I feel like a little kid on Christmas morning. So uh, welcome to the show uh, coming in from the UK. Thanks to 21st century technology. Um, welcome, James. Mark, thank you. I'm pleased to be here. I'm looking forward to uh, a stimulating conversation, shall we say. Well, that's no pressure, but uh, <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> yeah. All right. So, so here's what we're talking about uh, in celebration of world health day. On April 7th, uh, digital-only fashion house Republic will, uh, did drop, I should say, a limited edition matching pair of bespoke digital outfits, uh, a puffer jacket, and a dress. These are being auctioned as NFTs. Yes, NFT, non-fungible tokens for you, those of you living under a rock, at the forefront of this absolutely booming digital revolution, these one-of-a-kind digital outfits are available online for auction for a month through uh, May 4th. And uh, the company is going to donate a whopping 50% of the proceeds to Britain's National Health Service in tribute to their fight against the ongoing pandemic. There's much more to the story here, but I... 
I figured that ought to get us going a little bit. Uh, wow, James, that is not a small announcement. Uh, yeah, so, so did we, I, I think NFTs have literally shaken the world in the past two to three months. Um, every time I, 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 I open a, a press browser or, or, or look at the, the news, I see see that there is a, another big uh, say kind of NFT sale, whether it's people selling artwork for $69 million or the first ever tweet being sold for $2.5 million, whatever it might be. And I think as a, as a virtual slash digital fashion brand, it felt like, I think, quite a quite a lot of synergy between what we're doing in the 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 nft space so it felt like a you know a, a sensible move for us yeah. to to dip our toe in the in the water there a big question i have is there's a difference between fashion existing in theory digitally like the fashion is there but how does someone quote wear it unquote and then making the jump into where i could essentially rent an armani suit uh, and wear it for a special online function and have it fit and move with me. And, and I have absolutely no doubt that is where we are heading. Uh, where, where on that spectrum does this, does this sit? Oh, that's a good question. I'm going to give you a really long answer to this. So, so okay. um, I'm going to take a, a few steps back. So, so as a business, we are fundamentally built to solve, in our eyes, a number of different problems that, that are happening within the fashion industry today. Um, everyone I speak to keeps telling me, oh, the fashion industry is changing. For me personally, the fashion industry has changed. We are we are we are past the point now of thinking about change. We are actually making change happen. And 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 for me, there are effectively five main pillars that 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 we as a a brand uh, address. The first one of those is around technology. So so the fashion industry has typically been behind the curve when it comes to technology. Uh, but I think recognising the global pandemic that we've all been through, um, the fact that supply chains have been, I guess, kind of hit across the globe with regards to the manufacturing process for a lot of brands. Um, technology advances in the past 12 months have been huge. Um, and I guess that kind of marries up with consumer shopping habits and Elon will know about this as well you know the the fact that we we're unable to walk down the high street so social first living social first shopping I think has all come to the forefront so technology is one big bucket that that, that we as a brand look to address sitting alongside that and the next biggest change for me is around this this buzzword of sustainability so um our core market is um as a business is gen z consumers who are as, as, as you know, the, the fastest growing, largest market segment today. In addition to that, they are all what I call kind of natural born activists. So there's a, a little bit of Greta Thunberg in every single Gen Z out there. Um, and, and, and sustainability and looking at sustainable brands is massively important in their decision making process. James, I'd actually like to delve into the, the, the last point you made in terms of your target customer. You, you said your focus is Gen Z. I'd love to learn a, a little more. Um, what exactly are they are they purchasing it for? Kind of what are the use cases? How do they think about the product? And within Gen Z, is there a, you know, a profile or, or different profiles of target customers? Yeah, wow, good question, Elon. So um our the profile of a typical customer of ours is 
aged between 18 and 23, 24 years old. Um, they are what I would call social first uh, kind of consumers who are effectively... And, and we treat our we treat our consumers almost as what I call a kind of real life avatars. So they come to our site, they choose a garment, a digital piece of garment, digital piece of clothing. At point of purchase, they then submit a photo of themselves, and we fit that garment to their photo and then send it back to them for them to then essentially present and push out and publish on their social media platforms. So we are all about the gram, uh, all about, I guess, enhancing their social personas. So does our digital clothing keep you dry when it's raining? Absolutely not. But And, and, and we're never going to completely mitigate that requirement for physical clothing. Um, but today's, I guess, kind of social savvy, social first consumer, everything is about how they are perceived and the brand that they treat themselves as brands that they're building on social and, and wanting to portray a, a certain view of their, themselves and their lives. And, and, and we can, I guess, kind of ultimately assist them with that, almost like kind of content creators. Does that, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, so so essentially, you're you're really outfitting them for Instagram or for for their social feed. Correct, and 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 and, and listen, G Gen Z consumers are used to this because they do this from a gaming perspective every single day of the week. Whether they're playing Call of Duty, Fortnite, PUBG, and various other games, they are buying virtual clothing for their virtual characters in virtual gaming world, and we're we've effectively taken that model and then just treating, like I say, treating them as the real life avatar. Can they inject it, that into gaming um, if, if desired? Uh, good question. Good question. Uh, uh, can they do that at the moment? No, but is it possible and could it be possible? Yes. And and I think for, for me, that's the future is is perhaps more about that 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 integration of and, and I'm sure we'll talk about kind of NFTs and this kind of metaverse and this these blurred lines between this kind of i guess virtual shared space of virtual reality this digitally enhanced environment for entertainment and the real world and i think we're starting to see some blurring of the lines between mm -hmm. the two sure how, james how much of uh the distance yet to go if you will is a lack of innovation yet completed versus the technology exists we just have to put the pieces together and there's just a there's just a time frame and an expense to doing that that needs to be traversed. So I think it's the, I a hundred percent think it's the latter. I think technology exists and we're using it maybe in other areas. For example, gaming as a, as a, as an, as, as one, I guess kind of idea. Um, I think that, I find as a business, we are constantly playing uh, what I call a kind of cat and mouse race with technology. So we're coming up with ideas and then we're looking to see if technology is available to support that. Or we're looking at what technology is doing in other areas and looking at how that can be applied to our business. It, it's, I mean, it's interesting to think about kind of the, the potential evolution or, or, or where this goes, because so right now it seems like basically you're, you're, um, or this is being used for a static image. So a static image, which then gets posted on, on Instagram or a profile or, um, or, or anything, but it's, it, it's a kind of a, a static element in, in, in a feed, but then you get into motion, um, and, then ultimately AR um, as well is a, is a super interesting use case. Mark, I think you touched on this in the beginning. Like, so 
imagine like a, a Zoom call um, and then kind of going beyond Gen Z just you know, for, for work, um, sit there with a, a pair of shorts and a T-shirt and put on a suit, put on, change your tie, do, do, do whatever, um, and really kind of think of, of outfitting in that in that context as well. Yeah, so, so, so two points in there. I think the first thing is that so so let's there's I think there's no argument whatsoever that video is the number one consumed content format on the on the net today. So and and I think again looking at the social channels that Gen Z use, TikTok is 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 you know flying at the moment and everyone's on there. So we are having or we are being approached daily about how we can uh, apply our digital clothing to TikTok videos. And that's something that we're looking at at the moment. There are added complexities with that, as you know, when you look at different fabrics move in different ways. Uh, so, and they hang in different ways. So there's a whole bunch of complexities there, but we're, we're, we're looking at that as a, I guess, a next step of evolution. Um, and then the, the last piece was around, uh, uh, Mark, you mentioned the sort of augmented reality piece. So, we're also looking at technology and how that can be used to ultimately create a virtual wardrobe for consumers where they can store their 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 variety of digital clothes and using augmented reality apply them to various different photos or different videos effectively wearing their clothing more than once and i think that's that's where we're heading for sure the 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 possibilities on that are sort of jaw-droppingly endless. Right right in my head alone, I figure with our ability, how close we are to recreating virtually anyone on the planet that can be sufficiently scanned and sampled and recreating them digitally in a very believable way and then being able to add any piece of clothing to them and then create a digital fashion show with digital versions of clothing on anybody we want the the fact that at the oscars uh j-lo can wear a dress and then tomorrow that dress can be available for you to wear on your next zoom call you know the fear the, the possibilities behind that about sort of reverse engineering a moment and saying okay if i wear this here i can have set up an advanced licensing to make this now available and have that whole marketing plan planned out about how I'm going to release that digital fashion and the places it will be and, and the places it will only function in. So it will only potentially function in a zoom environment, let's say versus a different platform and so forth and so on that it's like a spider web. It just keeps going out the layers that there can be. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I, and I, uh, so, so it's so exciting for me and and and, and it's exciting because I, I think none of us really know where this is going to go um uh, or or how quickly it's going to go and get there i think it's, it's largely going to be driven by by consumer demand consumers today are are wanting more they are they are all you know uh kind of digital natives um far more than certainly far more than i am um and and i think yeah like i said we we, we, we don't really know i think we're on the cusp of something very big i just think we're not quite sure yet the journey in which we're going to be going on and and, and what the end result is 
Yeah, completely. And, and even taking that JLo example, um, kind of layering the concept of personalization, which exists, um, and kind of a lot of technology which already exists onto that. So you could actually have different outfits to different audiences for even, you know, live events or, or pre-recorded events. People can see JLo dressed differently. Um, and like you get into then who controls that? Um, does JLo control that? Does the producer yeah, control that? That's yeah, I mean, fascinating. All kinds of layers of uh, of issues and things to think about. No, I, 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 I just echo what Elon said. I, I think that the, the, the creative possibilities within the digital sphere are literally endless. Um, I think we are, as, as a business, we are really able to spread our wings when it comes to creativity. We've, we've created virtual dresses and virtual garments out of broken shards of mirror out of concrete out of you know a choice of materials that you would never be able to use in a in a in a real life real world scenario so i think yeah for me it feels uh for, for a a creative fashion designer that the, the the opportunities really are endless so i think it makes uh you know a very uh a huge amount of kind of creative opportunity and kind of accessibility for artists on that front, especially as a as a creative and a creative um, w- within fashion, do you foresee actually creating physical physical objects or physical physical fashion as, at some point that it goes from from digital to, to physical to some degree? Oh, so, so I get asked this so much. I get asked this daily. Um, yeah, I, yeah, good original question, Elon. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to be honest with you, Elon, there are, there is one reason why I might want to do it. And that is a, because there is a monetary value associated with doing something physically. However, I'm going to caveat that and it goes against our complete ethos as a brand. So, so, so we are, we are digital for a reason. We are sustainable. We are ethically produced. We are, we don't discriminate against gender, race, size, shape. I, I don't want to go down that route of then becoming um, mass produced or fast fashion or anything like that, where we're creating a physical product. I think we've carved quite a nice niche for ourselves as a business. I I would rather we as a business stay true to our roots in that space. But let me, let me, sorry, Elon, let me follow up on that quickly, James. Uh, I hear your point and understand why you would be thinking that way, but I'm wondering also the challenge of, um, taking on the behemoth of a fashion industry in motion and how so many brands may, may in a way perhaps short-sightedly fight against this um, to keep the legitimacy of the physical fashion aspects and, and, and try to delay the influx of digital fashion as much as possible uh, wouldn't it be ideal to sort of play friends with physical fashion and have a path to collaboration that's built into your your business ethos with that in mind? Yeah, so, so uh, Mark, very good question. I think we, we as a brand are collaborating with other brands. We're collaborating with other brands in the physical space, but we're doing it in a different way in that we're helping them to digitalize their physical products or we're looking at how we can work to help them to ultimately reach new, new target markets and new audiences. Um, I think 
um, for me, the biggest challenge as a business today is one of education and acceptance. So educating the market on digital fashion, virtual fashion. Um, and, and, and I think that is changing and becoming easier every single day because some of the other larger, bigger brands are dipping their toe in this space. Um, Gucci released a pair of digital trainers uh, two couple of weeks ago. Dior, uh, was it Dior and Burberry uh, did a virtual Kendall Jenner, I think, at the back end of last year. You know, th- these things are coming, and I know these brands, and I know them quite well, and I know that they've all got teams of people looking at this space. My view is, I don't want to, I don't see them as a threat. I see them as helping to build a market or a sub market within the fashion space, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for that for sure. Yeah, I think it's inevitable that um, that they get into it, or I guess they are getting into it. So that by definition, but as as that matures um, and and digital fashion just becomes more 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 mainstream or or commonplace, there could be an interesting um, place down the road. And also, as three D printing matures, and there are technologies that that are more sustainable, that you could actually you know, pr- produce something uniquely for 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 someone. That, that that could get pretty interesting, but I don't want to belabor this point uh, no, too much. I, uh, and you're right. I think if if we were to do something where we created a physical product, I, don't, I think we would never. I don't think we'd ever go down a mass a mass production route. Um, and I, I think if we were to to create something, I, I read all the time, and we're partnering with another company at the moment who creates uh, garments out of. Uh, used coffee granules and 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 plastic bottles and things like that i think we'd have to stay true to the certainly the sustainability angle for sure cool so to completely transition why an nft uh, yeah good point why why not i think i i think as, as i alluded to earlier <laughs> nfts are everywhere at the moment for me there is a natural transition or an easy transition from creating virtual clothing that we sell via our e-com shop to uh to an nft or certainly an easier transition than if we were in the physical clothing space so so it feels like there's some there's some synergy there um i'm a big believer in we build our business around innovation around fashion tech and for me nfts are the next the next big thing or they are the, the, the at the moment they are the big thing i think look anything that helps us to reach a new target audience helps us to to uh because guess what the, the those 18 to 18 to 24 year old females that are buying our clothes on our e-com shop i don't think are the same people that are purchasing nfts at the moment happy to be proven wrong um so i think it helps us to reach a a, a new target audience um i think look the as i said the whole kind of virtual world this digitalized entertainment and escapism of a metaverse excites me i see it as being the future for sure um i was reading in fact i was reading literally this morning about i think epic games has just re- just raised one billion dollars for to be spent on sort of metaverse creation and of that i think 200 million dollars was 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 put in by sony you know these are these are not small brands that are looking at this space this is by no means mainstream yet but it's becoming that way and as a brand we need to be we need to be we need to be leading the way so this is the marketing angle or kind of customer acquisition um, from an NFT standpoint, uh, probably a, a different audience. Um, and then just simply kind of 
innovation slash kind of that's that's the hot area right now. Fundamentally, though, it seems to me that you're kind of doing everything um, everything that NFT provides without kind of the, the the blockchain element, so the kind of the the authenticity. But effectively, you could create limited edition or or unique digital outfits um, without. Without that side of that, is that is that right? Yeah, you you've actually hit the nail on the head. Effectively, what we do is exactly the same thing. I think what we what we're using the I guess kind of NFT sphere or or, or kind of platform for is we've kind of got our ecom shop, which I would say is more of our mass market virtual clothing, digital clothing. We're then using NFTs for when we've got, um, I guess, kind of special drops. So we've mentioned we've had a drop around World Health Day. We've then got um, next week, we've got a drop around Earth Day. So we're kind of creating quite bespoke, one-of-a-kind one-offs for the NFT space versus more of our, I'm using my fingers here, sort of mass market approach for the, with, through our e-com shop. It could be potentially interesting as a collaboration vehicle too to kind of isolate that, um, you know, at least for now, with with NFTs. Um, be interesting stories uh, around that and and kind of give you the ability to do things differently um, that you know aren't necessarily on on the site directly. Yeah, so so we we yeah, very good question, or very good point. So 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 we're 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 collaborating at the moment. We've got a couple of other things that we're in the pipeline where we're collaborating with another company that provides a, a physical when it's actually jewelry, but physical physical jewelry, and we're looking at how we can work with them to create effectively NFTs of that one off pieces of very high end luxury jewel jewelry as NFTs. Um, there is a there is a big celebrity space around NFTs. You know this. Uh, you know if we can collaborate with you know influencers or celebrities and, and do something in partnership with them, I think that that has a, an attractive value to consumers as well. For sure. I mean, ma- massive amount of opportunity. I think again, just 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 as with the digital and, and the virtual fashion space, I think nfts i think a lot of us tell you again we don't really know where this is going to go um again for me going back to my point around um, accessibility nfts for me feel like a huge opportunity for creatives and it doesn't matter whether you are in the clothing space or the music space or the video or the art space if you are an artist of some 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 sort some description the ability to to reach an audience and effectively publicize and sell your work via an nft is a is a massive opportunity um in all of those industries, it's very difficult to get your art hung in a gallery, to get your your music heard by mass market or whatever it might be, your fashion, your clothing scene. So for me, there's the opportunity for the artists is is, is vast. There's been some controversy around the environmental impact um, of, of NFTs specifically and kind of the, the electrical and energy consumption um, related to, to Ethereum. Like, it, it, is that something that kind of that... Yeah, or I guess how, how do you think about that together with um, you know one of one of your core missions around sustainability? Yeah, sure. So there, there, there is no argument that there is a carbon footprint associated with NFTs, Ethereum, and the blockchain. However, that 
carbon footprint is still much smaller than if you were to go and create a physical product or a physical garment where you've got to have the resources and the fossil fuels in growing the fabrics and, and the, uh, at the ground roots level. You've then got the manufacturing process. You've then got the, uh, the pollution associated with transportation. The carbon footprint in the physical space is still much greater. For me, though, there's a whole bunch of other things around, and I mentioned this earlier, around things like discrimination, um, ethically produced clothing, etc. So there are other boxes that are also being ticked. Um, I am fully aware that that sustainability within the NFT space is being looked at. So I know that there are some more sustainable marketplaces that are on their way and things like that. And I know that this is is a hot topic. If you're going from, like I say, though, if you're going from creating a physical garment through to NFTs, there is still a, it is still more, it is still more uh, sustainable. Now, what I don't know is if it, uh, if you look at the, the the digital art space, I think that the footprint might be greater via an NFT versus using a pencil and a piece of paper, for example. I think that it's the, the impact is greater there than it is in our virtual clothing piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, that and the, the art space is at least where I've seen kind of most of the the the, the press and the commentary around around that. So that that, that does make sense. Have you taken a look at StoryDot yet? Every brand and every product has a story to tell, and you can't successfully sell that brand or product without telling the story. StoryDot delivers your story wherever you want it to be heard. You can meet your customers at each point in their journey, connecting the dots between your business and the consumer to enhance engagement, experience, and conversion. I encourage you to take a look at StoryDot at StoryDot.com. That's S-T-O-R-I-D-O-T.com. I'd like to shift just a little bit, James, and ask you, uh, so your two, the two pieces you guys settled on and decided to come out with if you will is are a puffer jacket and a, and a dress tell us tell us about the decision making that went into choosing those not just those two types of clothing this the specific styles of clothing that you know and the design and material behind those and how you know that couldn't i don't think that was a light decision there must have been a lot of thought processes that went into what the implication would be for these two to be basically representing you guys so publicly. yeah good, good good question so so you're absolutely right in every garment that we create there is a lot of back and forth there are a lot of arguments heated conversations and uh <laughs> coming up with that end product i think look so so, so we wanted to create something in, in celebration of world health day for us and, and for all of us actually i think world health day has never been more important than it has after the past 12 months that we've all kind of endured uh, across the globe so i think recognizing world health day we wanted to create garments that had and depicted a degree of protection uh of comfort uh of safety um and and and, and that's where we came up with the 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 almost comforting warmth the 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 big deep down feel of a of, of a puffer jacket and a, a, and a dress the reason we've stuck with a jacket and a dress is that they are that there are 
elements of gender neutrality to both of these garments. So they could be worn by a guy or a girl. So so trying to tick that box. Um, uh, we've looked at, um, if I take the dress, for example, if, you, if you've had a look at that, you can see that we've used the, 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 the circular puffs on the dress are, are in fact globes or, 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 or small uh, graphical representations of the world. So again, tying back into World Health Day. And then just what we know of the market, if, if I look at the clothing and the virtual clothing that we sell the most of, it is those, it is dresses and it is jackets. So um, I mean, if people are going to purchase virtual clothing, the chances of them going out and purchasing a virtual T-shirt is probably slim to none. Um, you, you know, you can go to you know for, for your Walmart or, or wherever it may be and pick up a relatively cheap T-shirt. So I think we wanted to create pieces that are not what you would typically be able to find in the high street or in the shopping mall. That brings up a, a good point, or, or maybe a point I just started thinking about, the seasonality element. Is that relevant still in, in no, digital fashion? No, no, no. <laughs> so I mean, this frustrates me massively. So I've been in the fashion industry for 20, 22 years. Seasonality really irritates me because seasonality is very different depending on what corner of the planet you live on uh so having a spring summer and an autumn winter collection for me i think is very archaic i think as well again looking at how the fashion industry has changed we are we don't have long you know run times in creating garments we can create a garment in a couple of days um so i think um as a brand we don't come up with collections based on seasonality we look at those mo key moments that matter for our consumers. So I can tell you that coming up in the month of June is Pride Month. So we've got a whole collection of Pride-related clothing that's being released. Um, we've got Ocean's Day coming up in June as well. So we're creating a, a micro collection around Ocean's Day. These are the types of, 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 of moments that matter to consumers when they are shopping for the gram, which is very different to shopping for... Uh, walking down uh, or wearing outside. Cool. That that's very uh, must be really liberating to to be able. Oh, to it think is that ma way. massively. I mean, we, yeah, <laughs> we, we we can really literally we we are not constrained at all. And this comes down to the again the sort of creative constraints of it's a winter collection. We must have you know x number of overcoats or jackets in there. We don't need to do that. Um, in, and in fact, we could have different collections for different consumer groups based on whether they are northern or southern hemisphere for example james before we wind up uh our our business conversation and go to some personal questions with off the grid questions i did want to ask you you know you've uh, you referenced your more than two decades in the fashion industry uh particularly uh luxury fashion including you know work with chanel lv burberry Bulgari, Net-a-Porter, Harrods, and more. I mean, we're all the, the sum of our experience, obviously, but what do you think you've taken from those different journeys that have been key to the new journey that you're on now? Oh, for me, for me, the biggest thing is around, oh, wow, that's a very, a very difficult question to answer. I think, obviously, when you touch on multiple brands like that, you are subjected to various different guises of creativity which i think is important i think if you if you if you spend 20 years working for one brand you then become very siloed with your creative thinking and 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 and, and i think it's for me it's very important to i've also been very fortunate that i've spent a lot of time 
in you know various different countries as well so i've worked across the globe and seen how different people different countries different whether it's religions backgrounds etc how they react to different things so all of that i think for me is very important i am very big on uh, i i am a firm believer that i am not a finished article and and i am we are all constantly learning developing and challenging ourselves um, and for me, that's that's probably the most important thing. And that's what gets me out of bed every day is what can we as a brand do differently today? How can we challenge ourselves as a brand um, and, and, and how can we challenge the consumer maybe as well to, to make them think and stop and question what they're doing? And, 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 and for me, that's that's probably the biggest thing. I, I think one of the opportunities ahead uh, through through digital fashion, if you will, is the the fact that, you know, just from a practical and profitable standpoint, logistically, you know, you, you can't create seven different versions of an outfit that play uh, or a piece of apparel that play to seven different cultures and the sensibilities of cut or style that may be reflective of that particular culture, the way that culture leans in terms of fashion. You, you just can't logistically do that all the time. Here you have the opportunity to create, say, seven different versions of the same piece of apparel aimed towards a certain region that tends to gravitate towards certain prints or certain yeah, uh, cuts or certain materials that, you know, I mean, what, what you know, the, the cuts in India are different than the cuts in San Francisco, you know, so, I mean, it's just, it just is. I think, so, yeah, uh, you're, you're absolutely right. My, my, I, there's two points now the first thing is as 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 a business we have zero physical inventory so 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 we are a we are a, a, a i guess kind of almost a an investor's you know you know <laughs> utopia in that we, we we have no factories we have no lead time with you know storage or creating pro- product so, so so that 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 is is massively important for us as a business so which means we're able to be very agile and turn things around very quickly if we see that there is a uh, uh, something is trending tomorrow. Uh, we can have a garment created by the you know tomorrow evening to to represent that. So so that that enables us to be very flexible. You're absolutely right. If we are creating clothing or a garment at the click of a mouse button, we can change the color from red to green to pink to blue. We can change the fabric from velvet to polyester to whatever you like. Um, so so yeah, I think that again the creative opportunities in our space are just vast. My my one concern with the rest of the industry is that they are not geared up to that yet. So whilst I mentioned earlier about us not wanting to operate in the you know fall, winter and spring, summer collection, uh, I guess kind of formula that the rest of the industry is in, the rest of the industry is a hundred percent geared up to that. And and for them to change that, I think is 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 going to is going to be a challenge. Yeah, but how could this possibly provide a wider runway for some of the leading designers who have hundreds of possible designs that are, you know, if not more that are never really, you know, they don't go into production, but the ability for them to have a wider palette to play with because of these possibilities, what, uh, you know, how do you think about what that may actually mean in terms of, um, you know, a shifting of the, um, you know the 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 compass that fashion design actually takes because of the you know just a wider range of po- because from a fashion standpoint 
you know, the chance to almost democratize fashion uh, by by us having more input into what we can wear. Um, the you know, it's hard to purchase a you know um, Armani jacket that is you know cut for me or 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 with a specific thing that I want, but now I can actually. Uh, have this cut and this version meant for this part of the world with this color, hypothetically, could that can be possible? So how might that change? How are you thinking about if at all, how, how instead of this merely being a tool, this could drive a new way of thinking about fashion in general, including, you know, actual tangible physical fashion? Yeah, wow, very good question. <laughs> uh, I think that, I mean that's that's a complete change of behaviour. Or on uh, that's a twofold change of behaviour. That's a change of behaviour for the consumer. So recognising that they don't need to settle for a off the shelf garment that might not be the right cut or fit for them. I have massive problems. I'm I'm not particularly tall, and I have real issues finding clothes that that are a really good fit for me. And I think we all do. In a, we're all different body shapes and sizes. So so I think that 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 personalization personalization element for consumers. I don't think they're aware that that even exists at the moment. So, so that's a that's a complete change of thinking, and that's why I say the education piece is massively important for them. From a designer perspective, for me, this is again is a is a utopia for a designer that there is there are no boundaries. I'm not restricted by the cut and cloth that we've got in the in the in the cupboard. I've got a, effectively literally a blank canvas to work on for me as a designer that's mass that that's huge you know i i can literally be as creative as i want and and that i think opens up a massive amount of opportunity for other people that 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 maybe are slightly greater creative thinkers and and and, and are able to think beyond the you know the scissors and the and the fabric that they're traditionally used. There, there is a. I'm going to just finish on one point on that though. That there is a for me there is a, a a significant change that does need to happen though, and that is a change of perception at grassroots when it comes to fashion education. So I've done a couple of talks at universities uh, to fashion students who literally are, have had their eyes open to this, who, who are not being taught 3D design or virtual clothing as part of the curriculum today. And I think there needs to be a change there um, because I think a lot of them don't get it at that level. And that, that for me is is where, where we need to... S- that will drive greater change within the industry if people coming in at that level are taught how to use, I don't know, Clothe 3D or the various different tools and platforms that there are available. Yeah, I mean, I think market adoption, basically it all comes down to, to, to market adoption and the customer seeing this as a substitute for real, you know, physical clothing. Um, and and I think, I don't know, some degree of AR is, is, is necessary for that for that to happen. But when someone can choose a digital outfit rather than going and purchasing something to go to an event. Um, and I think that that's the point that kind of you know, the, the, the brands and um, or mainstream designers will will change behavior. That's, that's true, Elon. But, you know, you're, you're going to I'm sorry, James, but we have we can't we can't omit the fact that we could learn a lot about consumer preference through the kinds of the trends that we see and what they what they choose in digital fashion and it could steer uh where brands 
you know what they what they choose to produce in physical fashion because you know we're we're getting more direct feedback from the public as they we see you know geez everyone seems to be going with green and short sleeves maybe we ought to think about doing that the thing is it's not necessarily a, a substitute for for the physical world uh, right now someone could be much more um, avant-garde or the you know be a risk taker oh, in, 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 in a digital sense um for that's specific fair. events than you know other uh, other things and so so that i think there's just like a lot of layers of nuance that 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 need to be to be worked through and and again until kind of i think someone's memories um will be replaced by digital so kind of your your memory of an event <laughs> is an outfit that you see on a screen um right. i think once once we're there then then there there really could be i think interesting things that happen on a on a grander scale i think i think you know you're you're 100 right i think people with with digital fashion people can they can create these virtual personas these digital personas that might be very far removed to who they are from a day-to-day life perspective so they're almost they're, they're almost living out a fantasy to a greater or lesser degree through 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 clothing that they either may not have the excuse my language sort of balls to wear in real life or they might not have or they might not have the money to be able to afford to be able to per- buy a, a real life replica we've created virtual garments that are diamond encrusted that would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy the physical piece um but but you know we're able to sell them at you know you know forty dollars fifty dollars in a virtual space so i think there's there's those elements that i think again coming down to this kind of digitalized entertainment and escapism for consumers, which you can't get with physical clothing. Totally. It's kind of various avatars of, of, of yourself really different versions. Well, that seems like a perfect point to pause. And when we return, it's going to be time for off the grid questions where we get to know James a little more on the human side right after this. Culture starts at the top, and great customer experience, the only competitive strategy in today's world, is fueled by great leadership. We hear and read this every day, but many brands don't drive customer-first strategy. For those at the top who want to make that leap but don't know how, we'll learn from leaders who share what you must do to become customer-centric. I am Liliana Petrova, and this is The One Thing. The One Thing, Customer Experience from the Top, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And now, it's time for Questions Off the Grid, with Fashion Is Your Business. All right. Uh, James, this is uh, off the grid questions where we ask questions, frankly, a little more off the grid, a little more personal in nature. Uh, it's just Elon and I. Elon hasn't had a crack at the wheel of grid destiny in a while. So we're going to spin that big wheel and see where it lands for the first question. The wheel's going around and it is coming to a stop. And oh, Elon, it has come nice, to you right off nice. the bat. I, I was counting on it. <laughs> So I I love travel and uh, I've been a little, 
you know, unfortunately subdued in that realm as uh, I think we all, we all have lately. So my questions tend to focus on that. So what I would ask you, James, is what destination, um, travel destination, has been the most unexpected for you that either positively or negatively was very different than your expectation? Oh, wow. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to have spent a large amount of my life in Europe. I've spent a large, I've spent then probably about five or six years, no, maybe longer, six or seven years in the Middle East, about four years in Asia. Um, I think that, so, so I'm a, I'm going to go off, I'm going to go off fashion now and talk about food. So, so my, my, my second love next to clothing is food. Um, and I think for me, Asia, um, hands down from a, a food perspective has blown me away. Um, I think there are, I've seen things and eaten things in parts of Asia that I would never have dreamt of, um, Number one, and my second thing is around the hospitality of the people there as well. I think Asians as a as a, a collective group of people are just some of the nicest, warmest, welcoming people I've ever met. Um, and yeah, love love my time there for sure. Great. Do you I have a quick follow on, Mark? Is that is that acceptable? I I, I think I think uh, can you know we're going to make this exception some, just this once for you. Some, Elon, some leniency, so I... thank you. <laughs> So, where is your next vacation destination of you post-pandemic oh, like... yeah good question so so um uh i think for south south america uh is 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 high on my list um i would like to go to um uh machu picchu um so peru i think from a uh I consider myself to be relatively spiritual. Again, I think this is from my, my time in, in Asia um, and, and understanding of the, the nuances over there. So so South America, I think for me is, I've, I've been to Brazil, but apart from that, that's that's it, and, and Mexico. But I, I think for me, South America feels like a, a whole other world that I'm, I'm, I'm quite keen to, keen to explore. Beautiful, thank you. All right, another spin of the wheel for whatever reason. And... Uh... Very fortunately, it arrives at me. Oh, okay, I know. I didn't see that coming. I know. I know. Elon's as shocked as anyone. Uh, James, you said that your other love is clothing, or one of your other loves is clothing. I'd like to know what piece of clothing do you you currently own, or maybe you used to own and don't anymore. That's that's cool too. That has had the most sentimental value to you. Oh wow. Wow, that's a great question. Oh, I, <laughs> I this is going to sound awful. So my my I, I've got a pair of swimming shorts from when I learned to swim when I was about four, five, six years old uh, that have got my swimming badges woven onto them. Um, I couldn't even fit these over my head now. They are so tiny. <laughs> but they've got massive amount of sentimental value to me. And I, I, I look at them and they just fill me with, with, with joy and glee from remembering what I'd achieved at that time and stage of my life. I was that's a random answer. Um, it's great. You know, that, great. that for me, from a sentimental perspective, um, 
I'm a massive fan of sh- of shoes. I've got I think about eighty or ninety pairs of shoes, um, but they are I treat them almost as kind of commodities. To be honest, some of them are worth more now than they were when I bought them, and and, and are still in dust dust jackets in boxes. Um, but they don't have the sentimental value that some of the the kind of childhood clothing I think has. James, on that note, you should maybe digitize those swim trunks, and you can. Yeah. Into them again. I'm not sure anyone else would want them. I think they are they're a, a little bit, a little bit tight. <laughs> limited edition of one for yourself, or yeah. size. That's, that's right. That's right. That's right. Why not? What the cobblers? What do they call the cobblers' children or whatever? It's like you yeah, got to make one for yourself, yeah. right? So, uh, James, how can people find what you guys are doing uh, with this auction and more about the work that, that you got, maybe connect with you directly? Yeah, sure. So look, I'm happy to always happy to connect with people. So look, we from from our our, our, our owned website is republic.co, uh, which is R-E-P-U-B. L I Q E. So we, we omitted the U, which we omitted for two reasons. One, to try and make ourselves more trendy and appealable to Gen Z. Of course. And, of and course. two, because the URL with the U in was so much more expensive. Um, so, yeah, so that's, our, that's, that's our a good website. business decision i like that um when it comes to nfts um there are and and you'll know this there are a ton of nft marketplaces that exist um at the moment we're on rareable so uh rareable.com um we chose that as a as a marketplace just because it has one of the largest footfalls of traffic uh from a user interface perspective it feels like one of the easiest uh to navigate yourself and, and your way around so we can be found on there and guess what we're on all the social media channels as well so relatively easy to find in today's digital world awesome awesome well uh james gober of uh, republic uh thank thank you very very much for such a stimulating conversation really really interesting and best of luck i hope that the uh do you guys have a sort of an aim of where you think the auction will go uh where you think it can end up or or you know what what amount you would raise that would uh be a victory if you will Oh, wow. I think for me, anything we raise is a victory. Um, we've been studying these. They, 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 they typically is no real action until the last day or two when everybody jumps on. Um, so let, I think, look, we're just going to wait and see. This is a very much a test the water space for us at the moment. Um, let's see how we get on. Um, I th- we, we have no benchmarks at the moment. I know my investors who are constantly keeping an eye on artwork that's going for 69 million have got relatively high expectations. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to keep them as grounded as possible. And, you know, let's wait and see, you know, look, if we were to get a couple hundred dollars, I'd be happy with that. I, you, let's, let's well, I've got a couple hundred. I, I'm, I'm happy to be the final bit if it's a couple hundred dollars. I'm, I'm all in. So, all right. Well, I think it's going to be a, little higher than a couple hundred dollars so uh best of luck i can't wait to see how it turns out so thank you very much james uh and thank you elon tito great to see you again and to have you join in thank you thank you thank you both super thanks guys all right that's it for this episode of fashion is your business we'll be back next week for an all new episode all new guest another great conversation thank you very much for joining we'll see you next time until then for elon tito Thank you. I'm Mark Rako. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Fashion Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at fashionisyourbusiness.com 
and wherever the best podcasts are found. This is Mouth Media Network, audio for business.